Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods? Fickle butt. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Sunday Scaries podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag and Blue Chew. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, we had sports back this weekend. Yeah, we had the golf charity events and German soccer, so slowly but surely we're getting there. And some NASCAR. Yeah, I uh, tweeted out, I took Ricky Fowler and, and Matthew Wolf, unrelated to Matthew, Matthew Wolf we know, um, and uh, it came down. It was actually very exciting. came down to the last hole. They had to do um, a 19th hole closest to the pin competition. Matthew Wolf stuck one on the green, uh, but unfortunately Rick or Rory beat him on the last shot. But, Tyler, just to, like, feel alive and have – have that little bit of action, have the excitement of Matthew Wolf sticking it on the green, and then Rory just uh, just taking it away from me, snatching the victory out of my hands. It felt it felt right just to, just to have that because um, I don't know I haven't I haven't dabbled in the cream baseball much. Um, I think I bet a little bit on the two K tournament, but that's that's really been it. Yeah, having, having like a bad beat in your life feels great. You know, losing money isn't fun, but just having that thrill and excitement back is fun. So hopefully we get, you know, more coming soon. seems like this week the news about the NBA was more optimistic. The MLB, I mean, they, sh- they should be incentivized to figure it out, right? They could be the most popular sport when they come back with nothing else going on. Um, so hopefully they figure it out. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. But even just this golf event, having this one in the next week, uh, having the Tiger Phil, Payton, and Brady one, it's it's a little semblance of normalcy, a little bit of hope. Um, but Tyler, we have the finale tonight of the MJ Doc, 7-8 and eight or last week. Um, and I think two of the best ones, I think for me, 7 uh, was my favorite episode, just going into the baseball stuff and just all, all of his uh, emotion and kind of like the, the last three-minute clip of him just talking about uh, his mentality and greatness and getting emotional. I thought that was uh, pretty powerful stuff. I'm like kind of surprised it didn't end the doc in general with that clip. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was incredible, though. Just that clip, like you mentioned, I caught it the other night, a rerun, and it was on at that point, and I saw Rovell tweeted and you responded like he said this was the best scene of the uh, doc so far. It was like obvious point, but I was thinking when this mo- or when this documentary wins an Oscar, like that's the clip they're going to show. I mean, to see Michael Jordan show that emotion, like you never see that 
uh, except when he cried at his Hall of Fame and speech and then the Kobe Memorial. But just to get that emotional about his competitiveness really shows like how true he is when he says these things. And also I heard the director, Jason Hare, saying on ESPN that that clip of him getting emotional and telling them to stop, that was 45 minutes into the first time they interviewed him. So it wasn't like they had been oh, talking wow. with him for hours and hours and they got to that point. Like that happened pretty quick into the interview process. So it's it's huh. been incredible. I'm sad it's ending. So hopefully this next week we get more good news about the MLB NBA coming back because I feel like this has been kind of the staple for the last month. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of gotten us through this every Sunday night. It's been must-see TV. Um, I agree. Definitely definitely sad it's coming to an end, but the rewatchability of this thing is, is through the roof. Like like all the best 30 for 30s when they're on, like you just tune in. Like every time Fab Five's on, um, it's like I'll stop and tune in for at least 15, 15 minutes if, if I have the time. Um, I think the MJ Doc's going to be the same way. Um, but Tyler, we had our first female guest on Full Slate, which was very exciting. Uh, we had Kelly in Vegas on. Uh, she was one of the stars of uh, Showtime's action documentary. We had Todd Wishnev on uh, a couple months back. Kelly joined us. She was great. She has a lot of different things going on. She uh, has a podcast, Wager Talk. Uh, she's heavily involved with Bleacher Report betting and doing a pregame show ahead of uh, the Tiger Phil uh, golf event next week. Um, she also has a proxy service for basically people who want to enter into uh, the Super Contest and other uh, big gambling pools in Vegas. So, Tyler, great great interview with Kelly. She's uh, She's definitely knows what she's talking about. Yeah, it was great to get her on, and she has a lot of energy, and she's out in Vegas during all of this, so it's interesting to hear what's going on there and just how she's kind of keeping sane and keeping you know content going during this type of uh, shutdown. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, BetOnline has ex-Chicago Bulls Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling After the Dance. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Okay, and Tyler and I are very excited to welcome on the Full Slate Airwaves, Kelly in Vegas. You may have seen her work at Wager Talk, Bleacher Report Betting. She also has her own proxy service for the Super Contest. Kelly, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, so you have a pretty interesting background, Kelly. We'd love to hear uh, you kind of emerged on the scene in uh, the action documentary on Showtime. So we'd love to hear a little bit about your background, how you got started, um, and, and kind of go from there. The Showtime doc was huge for me. I mean, just all things aside, it's been a slow and steady progression. Um, and then, boom, PAPSPA gets repealed, life changes, and... Showtime approaches me. A couple of directors said, hey, we want to follow you as one of the only females we've been able to find in the industry. I said, sure, no problem. Um, and I let them follow me around for an entire football season, and they showed the good, the bad, and the ugly. It was it was fun, and I really enjoyed it, and I think it was ultimately the right decision for me. At first, I was kind of hesitant, like, eh, do I really want to let these people in my home, in my life, and see everything? But it was 
overall, I, I was really happy with how the documentary came out. But obviously things started way prior to that. But with sports betting only being legal in one state, I was kind of limited to my little area, um, whether it was betting offshore or betting here in Nevada, that was pretty much your only options. And now we've seen it explode. I think we're up to 21 states now. So and more on the docket come November. I'm excited to see what the future landscape holds. You mentioned in the documentary, you won your or the bet that kind of got you on the map was the 85 to 1 parlay and then kind of took off from there. You started the Kelly in Vegas Twitter account. Now, if one of your bosses said, hey, you know, South Dakota, for example, made sports betting legal and it's taking off there, we want you to go cover it. Would you have to change your Twitter handle to maybe Kelly in Sioux Falls? That's hilarious. So I did actually live uh, in the Dominican Republic for eight weeks. I moved down there to open a nightclub and I didn't know how long I was going to be down there. Um, and it was about seven months before I actually hit that 85 to one bet. And you quickly learn how much you miss the United States and Vegas in general and how things are ran in, uh, for lack of better words, a third world country. And um, it was fun. It was a great experience. But everybody teased me then about changing my name to Kelly in the Dominican or Kelly in the DR. I never changed it. Um, yes, if someone said you have to move somewhere else. That's been discussion. I mean, you saw it on the dock where I was debating whether I was going to move to Connecticut and work for CBS or whether I was going to take a job in New York City or where it might have ended up. And I think that kind of comes with it. Unfortunately, the brand is Kelly in Vegas. But if you're not in Vegas, it's kind of hard to sell the Vegas lifestyle. Yeah. How how was being followed around for an entire football season? We're seeing it now every Sunday with MJ in the last dance and them being followed around for a year. How is it having the cameras constantly rolling? Like, What was that adjustment like? So there was only one time when I said, okay, you guys got to stop, right? Like we're done here. And that was on my birthday. And because obviously if you watch that scene, there was a lot of alcohol flowing, shots going. I was with all of my friends and I felt super comfortable and we can crack jokes with each other and say certain things. And there got to be a point where I looked at one of my best friends since fifth grade and I looked at her and I go, I got to tell them to cut that. And she was like, what? And I go, for like that brief moment, my brain goes, you're sober enough to know that like, it's time for them to go. And then we went and we saw Absinthe and we hung out at Caesar's Palace afterwards. And I was really glad they were gone because I did get to enjoy my birthday with no cameras. Now, I'm not saying that you act differently when cameras are rolling or things like that, but there is a point where you're just like, go away. You're just, you just kind of get annoyed because you don't feel like you can 100% be yourself. And that was one thing I really wanted to try to be was authentic as I could. But when alcohol is involved, and again, you're with some of your friends since you were a kid, like things are going to be said. There's going to be funny things that happen, I'm sure. But like I didn't want them to not enjoy themselves either. And there were several of my girlfriends that didn't sit by me at dinner and were like kind of off in the shadows because they didn't feel comfortable with the cameras rolling. And so I think once the cameras were gone, we were all able to kind of like let loose and be ourselves amongst each other. Yeah, it's definitely an adjustment, especially being in Vegas, such a party scene. What's it like living in Vegas full time? And also, what's it like? being in Vegas right now during the quarantine where, you know, the strip is so empty and you see the pictures, it's pretty surreal. Yeah, I'll, I'll answer that question first. I posted on my Instagram that we took a, a bike ride down the strip and it was beyond surreal. And one of the things I said in my post was I promise, I, I, I said complain, but I wanted to say bitch because that's really what it is. Like I always bitch and complain when people come to Vegas. I'm like, God, you guys, I live here. Like this, I'm about to be here. My 13th anniversary is coming up in a couple of weeks. I love Vegas, but people don't understand when you live here, and I do work on the Strip for Bleacher Report at Caesars, and I do do some events on the Strip. I do go to the West, get to go downtown. I'm in the studio, whatever it may be. There gets to be a point in time where I can't keep up with someone that's adrenaline level is at a nine because they're on vacation and they're in Vegas with their boys or they're here for a bachelorette party and they're super excited and they want to go to Chippendales and they want to go get drunk at, you know, Senior Frogs and I'm going – Ladies, I can't handle this. My body will be hungover for two days, and you will ruin my entire week. So I, I laughed because I did put that on my post, and I was like, I promise, like, if this gets back to normal, I will not turn you guys down. And I do mean that. I want people to come back to Vegas. I want people to feel safe. And there's going to be some give and take with that. Some people are going to feel more comfortable than others, and I really do hope people do come back. Um, but living in Vegas for 13 years has been insane. I moved here in 2007, that is dating myself after I graduated from college, and I said, okay, I'm going to move here for five years. I'm going to work at a nightclub. 
I'm going to sell bottles. I'm going to make a couple hundred grand a year. I'm going to pay off all my student loan debt. I'm going to figure out what I want to do with my life. Because at that point in time, we knew we were kind of headed into a recession and there was a lot of unknowns. I didn't want to go get a job and then be fired six months later. I didn't want to take a job making almost no money. I mean, I was working at a bar during college. And when I first started getting offers towards graduation, I'm going, wait, I was making more money working three nights a week at the bar. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. I'm young. I want to have fun. One of my girlfriends said they were moving here, and I was like, oh, God. So I called my dad, and I'm like, hey, so this is what I'm thinking. And he goes, okay. And I'm like, you're not mad? Like, I just went to college for five years. You're not disappointed? And he goes, no, you've done everything we've asked. Go enjoy your life. And being here 13 years is absolutely insane. I would have never thought I would be here this long. And Vegas has really, really, really grown on me. Obviously, there's been some battles. There's been some disagreements, like any love-hate relationship. But this is my home, and, and I love it here. Yeah, it is it is a kind of a place that we've been – you go for a long weekend, and, like, that Sunday you're just – you're ready to get out. But I imagine when you live there full-time, like you said, not you, you don't run on that 9 out of 10 kind of energy. Oh, one of my favorite day. things to see is, like, if I fly out on a Sunday evening, it's all of the, like, misery on people's faces mm-hmm. because you know that they had the most epic weekend. They had the best time. Like, if you're not leaving Vegas miserable and hungover, what did you do wrong? Like, why were you not having fun? I need to know. So it is funny to see that from someone who does live here. And there's been plenty of times I have, too, been on those flights absolutely miserable leaving because I decided mm-hmm. to go out with my friends after I got off work instead of going home. So, you know, there, those things happen to the locals as well. Right. I was going to say, you can't laugh at them too much because that karma that's <laughs> that's ultimately going to come your way is going to hurt. Um, you mentioned it, but the, we just passed basically the two-year anniversary, two-year anniversary, anniversary, can talk, anniversary of the repeal of PASPA uh, this week. Um, so bringing legal sports betting into the mainstream, how, how have you thought um, basically the progress has been in the U.S. at this point, two years in, and where do you see things going, specifically like it, within the sports media world? So let's see. Let's call it six or seven years ago. Um, I had a buddy that was approached by the New York Times, and he was like, I don't want to write this article. Do you want to write it? And I'm like, yeah, it's the New York Times. Why would I not, would, why would I not want to be featured in this prominent publication. And so I had to really dig in and do a lot of research to see why we should repeal this law. And in doing so, realizing that billions and billions and billions of dollars are going offshore, why wouldn't we want to keep that here at home if people are going to gamble anyway? So far, I think things are progressing as they should. Each state is making their own decisions, which without getting too political, I do believe that that's how it should be. Each state should get to choose whether they want to have legal marijuana, legal sports betting, whatever it may be. I do think that some states are really turning off their customers with their tax rates, um, Pennsylvania in particular. Mm-hmm. I think we're seeing uh, Montana, who I'm not from Montana. I'm from Kansas, but my dad's lived in Montana almost all of my adult life. So I do see Montana as kind of my second home. I don't really love the way that their tax system is working on this as well. It doesn't make sense for the sports better. There's really almost no way with those rates that a sports better can win. It's it's an unfortunate thing, but that's going to happen because it's, again, no longer federally illegal and we're leaving it up to the states. Um, I do think that people probably should say, hey, Nevada's been doing this for almost 100 years. How have they been doing it? This is how you shouldn't do it. Um, but, again, it's, it's kind of up to them and how they want to do it. I know Kansas has it on the, the ballot for November. I've talked to several people in the state to see if I can help, if I can go speak to the legislation and say, hey, listen, this is what I would do as well as having several prominent people from Las Vegas casinos. Maybe they take our advice, maybe they don't. I mean, look at the lottery system in some of these states, completely and utterly screwed up. Look at the legal marijuana. If your state probably can't get those things right, they're probably not going to get sports betting right either. So I do still think bookies and offshore sites are going to flourish because why? People love to bet on credit. Point blank, Mm -hmm. period, the end. There's something about being able to place a wager on credit versus cash that is going to prevail. Yeah, you don't have to, you know, enter in any bank information and you usually win, so you don't have to worry about paying that out. So that's how it uh, is. I mean, you know, it's a roller coaster ride for all of us, but yeah, to be able to collect that uh the collect that envelope on Monday morning, like who doesn't love that, right? And it's cash and uh you know, I've said enough. <laughs> yeah. 
event yeah. the Venmo comes in. The, it's perfect. Yeah. Or I, or that's what you, one thing I don't get. These bookies have gotten ballsy with PayPal's and Venmos. Some of the younger guys that I know are like, oh yeah, my bookie Venmos me. I'm like, are they out of their minds? But I think that people just think because they're small fish, it doesn't really matter. So it's interesting to see how things have adapted since I started sports betting to where things are now, just 12, 13 years later. From from a sports media side, how do you how have you seen you know gambling? In you know ESPN, it's starting to become more mainstream. How do you see that? Uh, how has it progressed since the two years of PASPA being repealed, and where do you see it going? Uh, it's frustrating for me. I'll be honest with you guys. Like I think Bleacher Report does a really good job. They're trying to do a really good job. I worked for CBS prior. I think they're they're probably pushing the boundaries the most, as well as Fox, ESPN, and not to say anything bad about them, but they're owned by Disney, so they have other things that they have to consider when talking sports gambling. I actually was on a call this morning with both of my wardrobe ladies. We were laughing before the call that I have like an entire office full of clothes. Well, they were asking me like my thoughts on things. The problem is, is that sports betters still have a degenerate uh, stigma attached to them. Now, no one goes up to a stockbroker and is like, oh, my God, the stockbroker, he gave me this tip. It was terrible. I lost my house, right? Like, when you listen to your stockbroker and they say, hey, we're going to allocate no more than 5% of your funds towards a specific stock, no problem. But when a handicapper does that, people don't listen. And I understand why they don't listen. But full circle, these bigger corporations have to have a very gray area, right? There's We see the bar stools of the world where it's a degenerate kind of funny thing that guys – Love to bet sports. I noticed with the BR betting community, there are a lot of younger guys. They want to get into sports betting. But if I try to educate them on bankroll management or why we bet this fighter at plus 250, even though he got knocked out in the first round, he still had quote-unquote value. They don't understand. And so there is a very weird shift that needs to happen, and that's people willing to be educated. But people don't want to be educated. If somebody knocks at my door and says, hey, I'd like to talk to you about my religion. I'm like, sorry, I'm Catholic. See you later. And I shut the door, right? Like, <laughs> like that's the joke, right? So if I try to say, hey, I want to educate you. And on the flip side, there's people in my DMs every day. There's people on the Wager Talk message boards. There's people emailing me, hitting me up on Twitter that want to learn. So those that want to learn, those are the core demographic that we need to focus on. And I think the media side needs to focus on because those are the people that want to take your information and absorb it, not the hashtag fade Kelly guys of the world, because they're never going to get it. And there's no sense of me beating my head against the wall or major corporations trying to, to educate these people. If they don't want to hear it, then it, I mean, lock it into the most successful sports betting show. But I joke with those guys all the time that it's fuck around hour. Like I can't watch it. I love those guys, but I cannot watch them outside of a pure entertainment perspective. They're funny. They're entertaining, but I cannot take them seriously. Yeah, it's it's like a general banter approach, right, to to betting. And and I agree with what you said to the to the extent that like if you only have everyone kind of taking it only as entertainment in the more like degenerate path, a lot of people get burnout if you go that way. Whereas if you educate a better and maybe they have a better chance of winning over the long time, you're gonna be able to convert more casual sports betters that way. Um, you mentioned it. Um, one of the reasons Action was like excited to get you and feature you on the show is there there aren't at this point a ton of like household names, um, household female names in the sports betting industry. So I was curious to get your thoughts on that um, and and how um, how the industry can kind of welcome more women into it and even the sports betting overall. The demographic is major mostly male. Absolutely. And, and that's because of the nature of the beast, right? It's always been a male dominated world. And so to break into the industry, you kind of have to have a big bang. You guys mentioned the 85 to one parlay and that was my big bang into the industry. Like, who's this girl? Who's her dad? Who's her boyfriend? Who's her uncle? Who's a, who told her to do this? That was the very first question I got I was like, wait, you made this parlay yourself. You chose these three teams. Can you break it down? And once I was able to say, hey, here's my logic and here's my reasoning for all of these things and all of these bets, it started to be like, okay, maybe we'll have her on this radio show. Okay, maybe we'll feature in the newspaper. Okay. And once people realize, like, all right, she does her homework. She's surrounded by people that are much smarter than her. And I think that that's the big thing with women wanting to break into any industry. 
You got to be able to hang with the big boys. You got to not take any shit and you have to be confident in what you're doing because the second that someone sees a weakness in you, they're going to try to exploit it. I have a ton of weaknesses. People try to exploit them all the time. I just can't let them know that they are whatever it may be. Right. There, there's a point in time where, and I'm still in the learning phase. So don't, I, I never want to stop learning. I have been surrounded by some of the best in the industry for almost a decade. And that's how I'm able to do what I'm able to do. Being confident enough to be able to speak about the subject, but being, uh, what's a good word? I'm trying to think of the right word, but being almost like put my pride aside and any arrogance I have aside to ask those questions that may still sound dumb to send that text to, Kenny White or Todd Furman or John Murray, who I do a podcast with and ask, Hey, why is this line off? What am I missing here? Oh, well, what's the injury difference, um, you know, between Matthew Stafford and Jeff, Jeff Driscoll on Thanksgiving. And for someone to tell me, listen, this is a seven point drop off. Okay. Now the line's a nine point drop off time to bet the lions. You know what I mean? Where we start to see market overreactions. I think that's the thing with women. We've seen women, in the sports industry for a long time now. Linda Cohen broke all sorts of barriers. Kudos to her. We've seen tons of women be able to talk in sports media positions. But as I said on action, I don't want to be a host. I want to get to be the expert that someone turns to and goes, can you explain this to me? Why is the line three and a half here? This makes no sense. And to be able to speak about it eloquently, knowledgeably, and without sounding like I'm trying to tell people that I'm smarter than them. And that's where... It gets kind of difficult as a woman, especially as a self-proclaimed alpha female. I know that I can come off a little harsh sometimes. I'm not trying to sit here and, and, you know, have this like, I'm holier than thou, I'm smarter than you. But you do have to have a presence and a charisma that says, like, this is why I'm so confident the Ravens are going to beat the Patriots on, you know, Monday night football. And everybody goes, you're an idiot. And when it happens, nobody, nobody's there to pat you on the back. You have to know that. No one's going to be like, good job, you kick ass. They can't wait, though, if Tom Brady would have smacked the Ravens in the mouth, threw for three or four touchdowns to tell you what an idiot you are. And you got to take the good with the bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people love kicking you when you're down. And I thought I think you brought up a good point, having that curious mindset, asking questions, learning from people who have been there, and you just you know gain a lot more knowledge. What is like the biggest mistake you kind of touched on earlier? Maybe bankroll management, but what's like the biggest mistake you see sports gamblers make in in that you know education process, as you mentioned? The biggest mistake that I have made over and over and over again is thinking that I'm smarter than the bookmakers. You can align you can align with the bookmakers. You can be on the opposite side of the bookmakers. But at the end of the day, they're still getting that 10% VIG. And that is the hardest thing to overcome. And once you realize that, you're going to make smarter bets. You're going to have better bankroll management. You guys, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, I have lost my ass so many times. And I needed to go through that to become a better, more disciplined sports better. I needed to lose everything. And I'm not talking my house, I'm not talking my car, I'm not living in my parents' basement, but like to go, holy shit, I just lost uh, three dimes on NFL Sunday. Thank God I have a job to go to Tuesday night and I can make some of that back. And now I got to work a couple extra shifts because I do need to pay that mortgage. And to have that feeling happen to you, it really does. Not, I'm not saying for everybody, but it really does for the people that I surround myself with. Every single one of them have said they had to go through that to learn that discipline. I literally will not bet more than $1,500 in a game. $500, 1000 $1,500. Point blank, period, the end. Those are my three unit sizes. No more, no less. And that is something that has taken me years to finally get on board with and say, this is your bankroll. This is all you get. When it's gone, it's gone. And uh, most people don't subscribe to that. And I think that is the number one mistake I have personally made and everyone I know has made. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't consider fading the Titans the number one mistake you've made? Because that's Tyler. I would say Tyler and I, over the year and a half we've had this show, that's, that's, definitely, that's consistently the worst mistake we've made. So I think, I think learning from your mistakes is number one key. And I don't think that you need to think about why you faded the Titans or what happened there is once you realize you were wrong is correcting that mistake. Okay. Let's, let's talk about, let's use uh, Tom Brady, for example, right? We know he has one of the best ATS records as a quarterback. Have I bet against Tom Brady? 
Absolutely. Have I regretted it? Absolutely. But I have made more money in the spots where I bet against him. I my thing was this with the Patriots. In that long run, there were they were 12 and 5 against the spread I think a few years ago, right? And that year was horrific. And that same year, guess what I did? I kept betting on the Browns and I'm going beating my face into against the desk going what am I doing here and about mid-October early November I'm like I'm done I'm done betting on or against these two teams because I do not have them figured out and at that point in time you figure out which teams you do have figured out and when you can figure out the right spots especially in the NFL to pick and choose your battles you can make money betting the NFL last year was my first year having a successful NFL season first year I'm not exaggerating the first year I've made money. Now, don't get me wrong. I've had great months. I've had great weeks. I have never had a full-on NFL season where I'm like, holy crap, I made money at the end of the season. <laughs> Bucks overs? Uh, Bucks overs were great. Uh, fading the Browns early on and then jumping on the Browns train about Steelers week, what was that, 9 or 10? There are certain spots where you have to look at where there's an overreaction in the NFL, and that's where you can take your – larger bet sizes and place them accordingly. Don't get me wrong. The first couple of weeks I lost money betting on the Redskins and it was going, you know what? We're done with the Redskins. And I put them on the do not bet list. You guys got to figure out where you can pick and choose your spots. And when you can do that, you can make money betting the NFL. Yeah. People get caught up in the emotions like betting the Falcons. I think everyone has that same uh, feeling and the chargers. Also those teams that are always just hyped up and you get in your head and you're like this week we'll cover. And then you just, you don't get off. Whoever ESPN Fox bleacher. I don't care whoever it is. The guys that get paid to talk about football analysis. I'm not talking about betting when they jump on a team last year, who were the two teams, the bears, and the Browns, and who were the biggest season win total bets I made? The Bears and the Browns under, because those are the two mm-hmm. most overhyped teams. This year, it's the Bucks. The yeah. Bucks is way overhyped. I don't think we're going to see an 11. We may see a 10.5 on the season win total. Right now, I only have a personal bet between me and my buddy Chris. He's a big Tom Brady fan, and I said, I'll take the under 10, because we saw a 10.5. There was a 9.5 also available. I go, let's just call it even at 10. We're going to see how it plays out. But I do think that when you do see the sports media, not the gambling side of things, but the actual sports media guys, this team is stacked. This team has all the talent in the world. Well, we've seen it time and time again with the Texas Longhorns, and yet they still only get eight wins a season. These teams can be loaded with talent. It doesn't mean they're worth your money. Yeah, Tex- Texas is back is usually a uh, go-to line. And I, <laughs> I, th- I think the Broncos will be a lot like that also, hyped-up team. Um, what I, do you... I'm a Broncos fan, and I'm going to tell you this uh, right now. Uh, I, love, I don't love Drew Locke. Sure, do we get Jerry Judy? Did they have a good draft? For the first time in a long time, I said, good job, Mr. Elway. That was a good draft. Mm, I love Vic Fangio as a defensive-minded coach. I'm not sold on him as a head coach. Everybody needs to pump the brakes on the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. So I think they're going to be that overhyped team, like you mentioned. What do you think the Raiders are going to be like in Vegas when the Golden Knights came there? It seemed like there's a great reaction. I feel like the Raiders might have a similar thing, or what do you think? Holy cow, were the Golden Knights exactly what Vegas needed when they came on the scene? I don't know if you guys realize the timing. Uh, the Route 91 shooting happened, and then boom, it was NHL season, and they were the thing that Vegas needed to be able to come together. And coincidentally, with the whole COVID thing going on right now, Vegas in what I would call is a depression for this city, the Raiders might just be what the city needs, and they may just rally around this team. That still doesn't mean the Raiders are going to win like the Golden Knights did, but I do think that they are going to get a ton of support here. Um, I'm not sure about this quarterback battle. I haven't quite decided if it's going to be Mariota or Derek Carr. I know... uh, that great Derek Carr has, has a great relationship, um, you know, with Mark Davis and with John Gruden, but doesn't mean he's their starting quarterback. So it's going to be really interesting to see. I do think that they got – they also had a very nice draft. I think the AFC West is probably, in my opinion, going to be one of the tougher conferences or, sorry, divisions in the NFL this year. So we'll see how it ends up playing out. I do think the Raiders – are making moves to become a better team. Does that mean they're worthy of my money? Not yet. We'll see how things play out. I don't play a lot of season win totals this early on. 
I usually wait till about mid-July. I want to see where the market settles. I want to see where I can get a, a more advantageous number, maybe a half half a game better, maybe 10 cents cheaper on a line. And I want to see what everybody does in free agency. Yeah, it's it's the Gruden in Vegas. I don't know if it's just like sports Twitter, but it feels hard to be able to take him seriously. But he did a pretty good job last year with that Raiders team that went – what was it, like eight or ten weeks on the road, essentially, away from Oakland, and had a had a real chance down the stretch. Um, Kelly, curious to know what, what you've been doing to keep busy during this sports shutdown. We just passed our two-month mark this week of no uh, any professional American sports. Have you gone into any of the esports world? Uh, we have Korean baseball, iRacing, um we have we have golf coming up in a couple of weeks. We can talk about that. But what have what have you been doing sports betting wise to keep busy? So Bleacher Report had me in charge of the Madden simulations, which was fun when you're yeah. winning and making you hate everything about the game of Madden when you lose. I swear I had three goal line fumbles uh, that cost me money. And and this isn't real money. This is bets amongst coworkers and having fun, like not betting units on video games, but you know, entertainment type bets. And it's just yeah. more like you just want to win and you want to beat your coworkers. So those were rather infuriating. A um, couple of soccer guys I know helped me win a little bit, a little bit of coin on Nicaraguan soccer. Now everybody's kind of getting into Korean baseball. As you know, these overs are just absolutely flying over the total. So it seems like everybody's going to start adjusting on those here shortly. So kind of pump the brakes, keep an eye out. Don't go too crazy on those. Lots of really nice underdogs cashing in uh, at least if you took the run line the plus one and a half so there's a lot of games ending in one as most baseball games do last night um I believe it was the Lions Dave Koken gave me and I I woke up in the middle of the night I checked the score they were up a few runs woke up this morning and it was a loser and I go what did I miss and he goes bullpen implosion I'm like this is why I hate American baseball now I know why I hate Korean baseball uh you know and again these are not anything that I'm betting like I would for college basketball, college football, NFL. These are just fun uh, bets to kind of like, you know, fulfill your entertainment need. So to answer your question, I haven't been betting a ton of real things. I'm not handicapping anything myself. More than anything, um, I've really dove into NFL, especially after last year. I'd really like to keep that momentum going. I'd love to say I've spent more time on college football, but I'm not sure college football is going to happen. And I – and trying to remain as positive as humanly possible, uh, but with California kind of uh, having this stranglehold here on the West Coast, I have a feeling that the Pac-12 is probably going to be hurt, which means other conferences may be as well. We'll see how it ends up playing out, but I, it, it's very hard for me to think I'm just going to do a deep dive into college football like I normally would in the month of June and July. Yeah, just got to be hopeful at this point, but it's really up in the air. What do you think? You know, hopefully we get the MLB back soon, maybe the NBA. What do you think gambling will look like post, not post-coronavirus, but once some of these sports come back, do you think it returns to a normal level? Will it get even higher? Cause people I think it's so going to be deprived. higher because people have been deprived. I really do. I And financially, people don't think that people are going to bet, and you should not bet if you do not have the financial means, but we all know that it doesn't matter. People are going to bet regardless if that's what they choose to do. I think we've seen it with the last couple of UFC fights. I think we're going to see it again on Saturday with the UFC fights where basically the handle's much larger than it would have normally been for a UFC 249 or UFC fight night because there is nothing else going on. So millions of more eyeballs are now tuned into these fights. I do think that if the NBA figures it out and does something really awesome here in Vegas. I do think it's going to get a ton of bets. We know the NBA is one of the more heavily bet sports. Uh, baseball is going to be interesting. I know that they're basically saying like, hey, uh, any futures bets are still live, but regular season win totals obviously will be voided. You'll get your money back on those. So I'm kind of curious to see what the MLB comes up with. Obviously hearing some things um, over the last few days. Uh, again, base, I would love to see baseball come back. But right now, I'm uh, I, I'm full steam ahead on football season. Yeah, I I really hope baseball can get it together. 
Tyler and I are big baseball fans, and baseball, like, just feels like it's dying for the younger crowd, right? Like, you're kind of a fan of your team. You follow them, but you don't really care about anything else. But if baseball actually were to be able to figure out the the money split between the players and the owners, they can come in and really, like, I think make a name for themselves if they're the first, like, major league to come back. Um, That's a really good point, actually. I think you're right because we have seen a shift where baseball – I mean, baseball is, if you ask me, Kelly, do you want to go to a football game? Not specifically NFL or college. Same thing with basketball. I think I'd rather go see football, basketball, hockey, and then baseball. Going to a baseball game is much different than watching it on TV. Now with everybody and their homes, you may, you're right, you may get some people on the bandwagon of uh, loving baseball again. Mm -hmm. And, And especially with the fact that it's on during the day as well. Uh, for betters, like it just it's something that'll be there. They're gonna have to probably pack in a lot of double headers, things like that. It it seems like it's kind of baseball's time to shine. What are your thoughts on on betting golf? Uh, does is that something you you follow closely, or are you gonna get get into it more since it's coming back pretty soon? So I I love golf. I've never uh, spent the time handicapping it. I have three or four guys, including uh, my boyfriend, Brett, that handicaps golf. And so the numbers are already there. There's several really great websites, too, that you guys can go log into, and 90% of the work's already done for you. So it's really nice to be able to see. Now, granted, the sportsbooks are using that same information, so keep that in mind with the pricing. But there are matchups where you can get some really good information, at least on my end. I know several caddies on the tour that say, hey, so-and-so kind of hurt his back yesterday. Uh, you know, in the practice round. And, and you can kind of look and say, hey, you know, his opponent's plus 180. How bad is his back hurt? Maybe it's worth taking a shot here at the other guy. The guy takes a couple of swings and doesn't finish the round, which doesn't happen very often. But those kind of nice little tidbits are, are always helpful. Um, I'm excited for Tiger and Phil coming up. Obviously, I'm going to be helping host the pregame show for the match on Bleach Report. So very exciting stuff, A, from a work perspective, because I've been bored out of my mind, and B, because it's Tiger and Phil playing with Tom and Peyton. It's going to be absolutely epic. I really enjoyed the match the last time around. I had Tiger. He collapsed and cost me a ton of money. I haven't quite decided where my allegiances are going to lie. I'm starting to lean towards Phil here. My concerns kind of are how much golf has Peyton been playing. He claims – not that much. I don't know if I'm believing his story, though. Yeah, that, that'll be exciting to get that back and see. I'm, I'm interested to see how Peyton and Brady go. If if Brady beats Peyton in golf, I mean, he just completely dominates him for his whole career, right? Football well, and golf at this it, point. It, 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 I would agree. Um, I will say payoff, playoff Peyton is better than regular season Peyton against Tom Brady, which is an interesting stat depending on how you want to skew the numbers. Uh Denver Broncos, Peyton, absolutely owned. Uh, Tom Brady, Colts, Peyton, not so much. Oh, that's so true. That's it true. just kind of depends on uh, which Peyton you're going to get in. And, you yeah. know, him him being away from the game, maybe his body's in a lot better shape. Maybe he's not all banged up anymore. and Maybe he's got a solid swing. I, it's tough to say. I've talked to different, different PGA golfers that I know that have played with all four guys. We know Tiger is an intense competitor. We know Phil's more of the shit-talking, fun-loving guy, but he's still very competitive. And that's funny because that's Peyton that's paired up with Tiger, and then Tom yeah. is more the competitive guy paired up with Phil. I think if I would have paired them up, I would have flip-flopped it, but there must be something that the higher-ups at TNT know and the reason why maybe you know we know that Tiger plays medalist and he has an extreme advantage at that course compared to the other three guys. So there, there must be something they know when they did the pairings uh, for a reason, and uh, I, I'm really excited to watch. I think – the guys over the Westgate are putting together a huge props package. DraftKings is putting up a huge props package. So I think there's going to be a lot more than just betting on Tiger or Phil's money line, like is what we saw last time. Um, and there's going to be a lot more exciting um, things that we see throughout and that will give you small bets to keep you really entertained for 18 holes. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's exciting about the future of like betting golf in the U.S., the fact that it's like so perfect for in-play betting and just hold a hole and everything that comes with that. Um, yeah, it's I'm I'm just excited to watch Brady and Peyton because it's like they're they're the kind of the average Joes in this thing. So it's like to be able to compare my crappy golf game versus theirs. That's what I'm most looking forward to here. I'd Listen, say they're still just, a lot better than you. Yeah, probably. I was say, 
Probably. I, I can promise you that. I, uh, I've been playing golf since I was eight years old, and anytime I shoot under 100, I'm ecstatic. Same. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're all in the same boat then. Um, we wanted to talk a little uh, NFL MVP futures with you, Kelly. Um, let me pull up the odds. We're going off Bet Online here. Our sponsor on the program, Mahomes, is the favorite right now at five to one. Lamar plus seven fifty, and then filling out the top five is Russell Wilson ten to one. Kyler Murray's twelve to one, which is crazy. He shot up. He was twenty five to one a couple weeks ago, and Tom Brady is also twelve to one, which is also insane. Uh, Kelly, what are your thoughts on on your best bet uh, to win the NFL MVP and maybe a long shot? Do you like? So obviously, Patrick Mahomes has completely shut up his haters. Uh, when he kind of first came onto the scene and beat the Broncos, what was that, two and a half years ago, December, I think it was like a week 16 or week 17 game, said, okay, this kid's good. Like, we'll see what what he's got in the tank. And he has uh, completely outshined everybody else on this list. I mean, Lamar had the opportunity to do it last year, couldn't get it done. Speaking of betting against the Titans, Titans went in there as basically double-digit underdogs and beat this Ravens team. Still pretty shocked about that one. I had the plus the points. I did not have a single sprinkle on that money line, so I was shocked as well. Um, But Lamar coming into this year, I think, should be a little bit higher. I would have put him at 4-1, to 5-1. to Um, So it's interesting to see him just a little bit higher than that, and maybe they're just trying to entice some money on him. Maybe they know something I don't know. If he can stay healthy, I think he's definitely worth a shot. Russell Wilson is always a contender. And Russell gets no love from anyone. It's very odd to me. And uh, I mentioned that I was a quote-unquote Broncos fan. I still am like, really, Russell? You know, they they go in and they beat the snot out of the Broncos and then turn around and cost me a ton of money against the Patriots. Um, Again, he's not the one calling the plays, but still rather frustrating with that throw. Tom Brady at 16-1. I mean, what do we think Brady's going to do? Do we think that he just has – so many weapons with the Bucks, and the Bucks have a decent defense. I like Bruce Arians, but they're no longer playing in the AFC East, guys. Like, you have to play the Saints twice. That is your first and foremost problem. You have yeah. to play the Falcons. I think they're going to go one and one against the Falcons. You yeah. have to play the Panthers. I, I mean, yeah, that's which is a good defense right too. Yeah. I, I just, I, I look at Brady's age. And I never want to discredit him as being one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But we've seen it time and time again. Let's use Peyton as an example. Peyton Manning had some moments of greatness with the Broncos. Fair enough. Who won that Super Bowl? The Denver Broncos defense. So unless this defense really steps up for Brady, 16-1, to I just don't see it. Dak Prescott, sorry Cowboys fans. I know I make fun of you guys all the time. Dak is not an elite. I don't ever see Dak being elite. Aaron Rodgers is the biggest question mark on this list to me. At 25 to 1, what does Aaron Rodgers have in the tank? Is Aaron Rodgers elite? Is Aaron Rodgers forever going to live in Brett Favre's shadow? I don't have answers to these questions. Now that Aaron Rodgers has some competition in Jordan Love, do we see it light a fire under his ass? I don't know. He doesn't have any weapons. That was the biggest WTF of the entire draft. I love the, the, <laughs> the Packers are kind of like a weird NFC favorite team of mine um, from a betting perspective from other things throughout the years. I do root for the Packers when I don't have money on them or money on the other side. I will bet against them, but I, I don't understand the Aaron Rodgers psyche. We'll leave it at that. Uh, but as far as a long shot goes, Jimmy G is interesting. Do you think Jimmy G is going to go back? To, do you think the San Francisco 49ers are going to go back to the Super Bowl? Are we going to see the Chiefs and the Niners run it back? A lot of people are saying uh, that we might. Jimmy well, G has got to get some protection, and he's got to stop making bad decisions if he wants to win MVP. Well, yeah, Cody, Cody and I are 49ers fans, so it hurts for you to mention Mahomes, but it, it really came full circle when you mentioned <laughs> Jimmy G MVP. So that was good to hear. Going back to your point on Brady, I think something that's really going to hurt them and, you know, nothing they could control at this point, but with the coronavirus, you know, you don't have mini camps. Like, who knows what training camp's going to be like, and that's such a new team. Getting to mesh with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, all those guys, learning the playbook, not as easy. And he's also just had a lot of weird moments in the offseason, like the thing where he walked into the wrong house in Tampa. Like, 
maybe he's starting to lose his mind a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. And Roger, I mean, yeah. it, it is interesting. I mean, uh, my buddy hates Tom Brady. My other really good friend that's in the same group chat is the one I have the bet with, loves Tom Brady, and he calls him Laguini arm because that's what he says. He goes, his arm is like a wet noodle at this point. I'm like, okay, that's a little extreme. But, I mean, we have seen a regression. I mean, there are scientific facts that as you get older, men lose testosterone, men lose muscle mass, men do not perform at that high rate they did at their peak. Uh, am I telling the guy to retire? No, but I- I'm not sure that he's going to be able to turn this Bucks team and, I, you know, I like Jameis. I really do. I always joke on Twitter, use hashtag Jameis forever. I like Jameis. Jameis makes a ton of mistakes. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think Jameis was 100% the only problem there last year. So it'll be interesting to see if, if Tom can go in there and uh, make some big-time plays with some of the biggest names in the wide receiver game. Yeah, I mean, I think Brady with that team, he has so many weapons. They did have a top-five defense DVOA-wise last year, and Jameis just like, we love Jameis here on the show, but he put them in so many short fields and pick sixes. Like, that absolutely killed them. I think Brady's over the hill, but I don't know how much he has. Would you has. say, my question is this, and I always ask people about Jameis, how many interceptions and or pick sixes were Jameis's fault or was because the receiver was running the wrong route? And that's the answer oh, I don't oh. have. I, th- I, don't I, thought, I thought your question was going to be because he didn't have LASIK yet, so he couldn't oh, tell. I, um, listen, I don't buy this bullshit that he needed LASIK. Like, that's fine, but I know. It's a good PR he, move. It didn't really and work. That's, it didn't get paid. It, it, but. Didn't, it didn't work. It didn't work. But I understand. I know several people that have had LASIK, quote, unquote, change their lives. But you have team doctors. I promise you have team eye doctors as well. Someone would have noticed prior and said, hey, something's off here. Right? Am I wrong? Well, well, he's pushing cars this off season, so I think that correlates with better eyesight. I actually just got a, <laughs> actually just got a notification from Bleacher Report uh, that NFL facilities can open May nineteenth. So, yeah. I guess hey, we'll see. That's great. Uh, I guess we'll see how that plays out. But you mentioned Rogers MVP odds. Their draft like signaled that they want to go to like a power running team, um, kind of like. Kind of what the Saints did with Breeze a couple years ago, focusing on the run game when they had Ingram and Kamara. So I see that's how they go. I don't think they're going to lean on him as much, which honestly might be a smarter move. I don't think he could carry them as like a gunslinger like he did when he was younger. He's not a gunslinger. Brett Favre was an absolute gunslinger. Aaron Rodgers is not it. Aaron Rodgers makes big-time crazy plays that I've seen several in person of those late Harold Marys that take you to overtime. They're awesome. Everything's great. But – you kind of want a quarterback that you don't have to go to overtime with on a Hail Mary. I mean, that's the idea. You don't want it to always come down to that. And I don't think Aaron is clutch like Brett was. I feel like – and I could be wrong. I was younger when Brett Favre – I would watch Brett Favre. But I do remember being like, wow, that guy's a badass when I was in high school and thinking, like, he's great. I've not ever thought that about Mr. Rogers. I think <laughs> Rogers has kind of lost – lost something the last couple of years just like the last few years with Mike McCarthy things fell off he had some injury seasons it just feels like a quarterback that good he should have made more deep runs in we should have more uh, Super Bowl appearances out of Aaron Rodgers at this point we just don't have it you uh breezed over Dak uh Kelly that was actually my pick for NFL MVP that I kind of like at 14 to 1 here here's here's my uh Here's my pitch for you. Um, so they lose Jason Garrett, which I think is a huge win. Um, you bring in Mike McCarthy. He's okay, been out. He, so he's been out of right it. There. My know. big problem with Aaron Rodgers was Mike McCarthy. Now Mike McCarthy's gone. Maybe Mike McCarthy was part of the problem. So Mike McCarthy, I don't know how he ever got the Green Bay Packers head coaching job in the first place. He's offense coordinator <laughs> for the 49ers when they won two two games. Side note, I think. I think anything is such an improvement over Jason Garrett. And um, so you have him, you have Cooper, you have Michael Gallup. They stole CeeDee Lamb in the draft. He has Zeke back. He's playing for the contract. I think you have all those things that line up. 14-1, a mobile quarterback. All those things considered, um, I'd I'd take a flyer on Dak. I don't mean to bash on Dak. Uh, I don't think... 
I feel like when you have a quarterback that wins MVP, it's because they did extraordinary things, right? And being able to do extraordinary things means you have to have a football mindset. I think Dak is a great athlete. I do think he's a great mobile quarterback. I don't know if he's the offensive coordinator on the field that can make those decisions to throw the ball away, to do a dink and dunk pass to one of his receivers that all of a sudden gains an extra 20 yards. Those things don't happen to Dak very often. I feel like they rely heavily on Zeke. Zeke is the backbone of that offense. I think they need a couple better O-linemen. They, they got, what did they get, O-linemen the last two drafts? Not this last year, but the two years prior, I believe. Uh, not 100% sure on that, but I believe yeah, they did. They replaced a couple of guys. But they do have the receiving core. Again, this defense is going to come into play. If Dak does all he can, but that defense puts him right back on the field and he's got to match scores, with an elite quarterback, I don't think he can do it. And that's why I don't think the Cowboys are going to do much better than 8-8 eight and eight yet again. Yeah, just my issue with Dak specifically is, like, he's 14-1, to and you look who's behind him, Rodgers, Wentz, Breeze, Deshaun Watson, 22-25-1. There's no reason Dak should be that much higher. It's all the Cowboys. It's all the public love. So I'm not I, I would huge... agree with you. That's well because, like, I'm looking at the opening odds, and then now you're saying it's 14-1 to on bet online, and I'm like, why did it move from 20-14? to And the only answer is because the Cowboys have such a huge fan base, which is why it's so great throughout the season is being able to find value betting against teams like that because they do get so much public love. Like you guys, the best thing that ever happened to me was finding a bookie in Texas. Cause when you want to bet against the Cowboys, they want all of your action. It's great. And the line is always advantageous to betting against the Cowboys because that's all they get. No matter what it is, it's Texas Longhorns, Texas Tech, Texas uh, Rangers, Dallas Stars, Houston Texans, no matter what Texas team, if they're playing, these guys are unloaded on that side. That's yeah, my issue. I'm public money through and through. That's my issue. Yeah, the Cowboys are the perennial on-paper Super Bowl champions every year, even though you look at their record the last 20 years, it comes out to like 8-8. Eight and eight, So they're always <laughs> average. I think Russell Wilson at 10-1 to 1 is a good bet. I saw this on Twitter. I'm not sure if it is completely true, but I'm going to say the stat. He's never had an MVP <laughs> vote in his career. That I saw seems, that. That seems insane. I can't stand him as a 49ers fan, but he, he's incredible. Um, So I think getting value with him he always carries that team uh no run I, team. you do have to remember these do have a perception to them so why if nobody's voting for him what does he have to do to be able to re- win the regular season mvp i mean he's done a lot in his career and still doesn't seem to get the respect that's where it's hard for me to say oh this is going to be the year where all of a sudden russell wilson gets respect uh yeah i don't know if it is he w- he was in it last year with Lamar. They were one two, and then he just he kind of fell off towards the end. And Lamar just like kept putting up insane stats and stole it. I th- I do think Russell Wilson's interesting. I think in a world where NFL stadiums don't have fans, that Seattle Ooh. team is is a lot less interesting. Kansas um, City too. I mean, you guys have to remember yeah. a lot of these a lot of these teams do rely heavily on their noisy stadiums. I mean, there's maybe only five or six. It's not like college where, you know, you go to K-State and you're like, wow, this place is loud. I would never have expected it, but it is. Same thing with Kansas City. Seattle is extremely loud. I've been to both stadiums. I would say Seattle is louder. But, you know, you go to Levi Stadium and it's chill. But it doesn't matter because you guys Mm -hmm. don't rely on, you know, the home field advantage of sorts. Yeah, that, that was a little bit of a dagger shot, I felt like. But, you know, 49er fans, they, they came out last year. Um, but, yeah, it will be interesting. They made the point a couple of days ago they'll pump in uh, fake fan, uh, fake noise. So I'm not sure how that might play a factor. It's hard to handicap anything if you're going to say there's no fans in the stadium. We've never seen that. Um, but yeah, It I mean, is I very think, hard to say. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to affect the NFL. It may affect those five or six teams more than others. I think the Saints will be one of them because we know the Superdome is – very noisy. It, it'll be interesting to see, but at most you should be giving about three at the most probably for a home field advantage in the NFL. It's not like, you know, Texas. It's not like A&M. It's not like several other football stadiums that heavily rely on fan bases to really amp up their teams. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's, I'm, I'm just – optimistic that the NFL seems to be progressing in uh, in a way where we're going to get football this year. I think we've we've all earned it at this point a couple months. 
into, <laughs> we've into all quarantine. earned it. Roger Goodell, yeah. please, we've earned this. We've been so good. Can you please yeah. make sure we have the NFL? Yeah, we've we've been behaved. Tyler and I cooped up in New York and Chicago. Come on, give us a, throw us a bone, please. Um, but Kelly, this has been great. You've been extremely generous with your time. Where can our listeners follow you and give all your plugs? Because you're involved in a lot of different things here. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on. It's really exciting. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter, at Kelly in Vegas. I do not have a Facebook. Instagram, you can follow me, but I don't have any slutty pictures. It's a lot of dogs, food, and travel, <laughs> so I apologize. Uh, yeah, I get a lot of complaints about that. Oh, your Instagram's boring. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Uh, you can follow me on Wager Talk. Uh, we, Wager Talk's YouTube cha- channel is huge. If you ever have any sports betting questions, drop them there, and we'll make sure to do a video for you guys. The Kelly and Murray Show, it's, uh, Kelly and Murray podcast I do uh, live from the Westgate with John Murray. Talk all things sports betting, all things Vegas. Super fun. Listen there. At BR underscore betting. Bleacher Report. Lots of fun stuff there. And then if you decide that you want to participate in one of the Las Vegas-based contests, Kelly in Vegas Proxy Service, KIVProxyService.com, at KIVProxyService on Twitter. Uh, We'll beat any of the competitors' pricing. We are the best because I say we are. Awesome. Great pitch, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks, guys.